Messi. Oh. Oh. Messi! Hello and welcome back. My goodness, it's been a while. In between the last time we recorded, there was a a global pandemic. I lost a relationship. Luke got a relationship. It's all change here at Three at the Back. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you know, here we are, still alive, still recording a low quality podcast about our poor footballing opinions. I'm joined as always by the lovely Luke Bosher. Hello, hello. And the quizzical Felix Parkin. I, I don't understand that word. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't, which is why I used no, it. I do, How I, are I you, Fee? Really, I'm just playing. I'm just playing up to my caricature. Uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, you know, it's been it's been a while since we've potted, um, but it's been a while since there's been any football, and I'm at the level of boredom now where I'm just sort of I'm I'm looking at you know six o'clock on Wednesday. And I'm just counting down the hours, mate. Sheffield United v Villa, I am going to be there. I'm going to be soaking in that game. What a barnstormer that's going to be. Well, I hope you're not literally going to be there. Because, of course, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't haven't heard the news, games will be played behind closed doors. And I feel like Felix is the kind of person to have strong opinions about these things. Um, What are your thoughts on behind closed doors football? Have you watched any of the Bundesliga or La Liga? Yeah, I did. I watched some of the Bundesliga, and uh, I didn't enjoy it, to be honest, Ben. Um, <laughs> oh, it's far too that... Euro- far too European for your your taste. I don't know. I don't know whether it was because it was behind closed doors and the lack of atmosphere, or because I didn't have any strong affiliation to any team. Even though I was like, oh, I quite like Dortmund to win. I watched Dortmund v Schalke, and that's supposed to be a massive derby over there, right? But I wasn't really feeling it. I don't. I don't really have any affiliation to Dortmund. And behind the closed doors, the atmosphere wasn't there. So I think it was probably a combination of the two meant that I, I didn't really enjoy it. I think the, I think it will be different with the Premier League because I think there is actually an awful lot to play for in the Premier League um, left to come. And I think it's actually going to be quite exciting, even though there are no fans there. Four teams like Sheffield United and Wolves who are going for Champions League positions. And then, you know, the bottom six absolutely fighting for their lives. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who benefits from behind closed doors and who doesn't. I mean, you say I'm, I'm likely to have strong opinions on it, Ben, but at the end of the day, it, it is necessary. You know, a lot of people have died from coronavirus. And um, if we were going to have football back, it had to be this way. I didn't want the season to be null and voided. I didn't think that would be fair, not just on Liverpool, but on a lot of teams um, up and down the country, we, you know, what's happening in League One and League Two, I'm not 100% behind. Um, it would have been better if they could have finished it, but they they couldn't. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm pleased it's back. It might not be the same iron closed doors, but I do think obviously it's necessary, and I still think that there's room for a lot of excitement. God, that was I think quite, that was quite thought out and and, and yeah. quite sombre from you. I'm I'm surprised. Where's the passion? Have you gone soft in <laughs> lockdown? No, no, I am passionate. I'm passionate to have football back. And for, do you know what? I'd I'd absolutely love Sheffield United to get Champions League. I, I I think City's ban should be upheld. And if Sheffield United finish fifth, what an achievement! That'd be unbelievable to have them in the Champions League. Good. I'm glad you're. So you're a Sheffield That's United fan now. You've moved up to Yorkshire. No, I just, I just, what you know. I think it's, it would be really exciting if that was to happen. You, you, you don't, you can't disagree with that. Sure. I mean, I suppose as an Arsenal fan, support, yes. yeah, you both support teams. <laughs> you'd rather take that place, but objectively, from a new. Yeah. Well, Chelsea, Chelsea are in the top four currently. I'll mate, grow so. up. Because <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to say on like the whole behind closed doors thing, I totally agree on like top tier football, even championship football coming back. I know it's difficult when it gets to League One, League Two, and lower. And like my local team um, have been embroiled in you know one of the bigger scandals um, recently because Wickham Wanderers were given a place in the League One playoffs ahead of Peterborough on the points per game basis, and the Peterborough chairman called it like daylight robbery, big disgrace, whatever. I think the thing about it is lots of clubs in League One and League Two run like so much of their income is generated by fans in the stadium Mm. because the sponsorship deals just aren't anywhere near the magnitude of the Premier League. 
and like playing games behind closed doors is not financially like viable. I know Wiccan Wanderers have lost like I think one million a million pounds, one point five million pounds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for a, a local little bucks club is a huge amount of money. Yeah. They had to send they had to send back their best player on loan, Jason McCarthy, who they had from Millwall because they literally couldn't afford to keep paying his wages. Mm. Um, it's not sustainable for, or it's not fair on every club in League One and League Two to play behind closed doors games. Yeah. It's just not. And, and yeah, I, like, I would get that. Are one of the luckier teams who have just had a big in, like influx of money in their, their yeah. Owner they've got a new American new American ownership. I would worry about more clubs running into financial trouble if they did play out the season. It's just yeah, an I do, I do get that. I, I wasn't. I wasn't zero percent against the way that they ended it. It's just I wasn't a hundred percent behind it. And Peterborough was probably the main example as to why not because I think they had they had the best home record in the league and they had I think um, six of their last ten games home and also they were playing six of the bottom ten in their last ten games as well and. It, Obviously, the points per game wasn't weighted towards who they've already played and who they're going to play. And I get that it's it's probably not possible to do that. I did think of a of a solution they could have done, which is they could have weighted their average home points from this um, season so far and their average away points and then applied it to how many home and away games they had left for each team um, and made it a bit more mathematically complicated, but perhaps a little bit fairer. Um, yeah, but I, I do get your, your obviously the argument. If they had played these bar and closed doors, some clubs might have gone under. I mean, some clubs might go under anyway. But um, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, do you I, think that it'll be? Do you think that it'll be like more of a disadvantage? Do you think we'll see a lot more, lot less shocks? Is what I'm trying to say. Do you think there'll be less instances of small clubs upsetting bigger clubs because they don't have the fans behind them? I don't know. Like in the Bundesliga, I don't think there's been. What has happened is that there have been uh, far fewer home wins, like the average number of home wins went down, whereas sort of home, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was like draws at home and, and home losses were pretty consistent. I uh, know there were a lot more draws, home, lo- home losses were about the same and home wins were, were way down. Um, so that home advantage clearly is a big factor. Um, so you might see fewer... I, yeah, maybe the teams that have big games that need their fans getting g'd up for. I can think of you know, Watford in recent years beating teams like Tottenham and Arsenal, Man United at home because they do have quite a good home support. So it, it will be interesting to see how that that affects different teams. I know that I have friends that are Watford fans that are really annoyed about it because they were really riding quite a big high after the new manager coming in and, and winning games that they've probably been written off for in the past with that home advantage and their. Well, obviously, if you're in that position of you could get relegated with no fans in the stadium and in a very confusing circumstance. And I think that mm. it, my my position on it was always we can't be as hard as hard as it seems. If you're going to end end the season in some way, you can't, you have to reward the teams that have done well, not let off the teams that have done badly. So it would have been it would have been a crime for Liverpool not to have won, won the league this year. I think we can all agree on that one because as harsh as like that. As much as I hate Liverpool, as much as the next guy, the team's incredible. The squad is incredible. What they've achieved is incredible. So if they had lost the title because of this, that would have been, for me, more unfair than a team like Norwich being relegated. Yeah, do you know what I suspect about the um, the, the behind closed doors and how it will affect teams? Um, is that I think it, I think the quality players will shine through. I think it's all... Obviously, there's no pressure anymore. Not really. So it's surely all going to come down to the quality of the player and Mm. I'm thinking of a few players that might really shine without the pressure of a crowd someone like Mesut Ozil I literally knew you were going to say Ozil (laughs) someone like Gerard Delefeo at Watford you know if Watford fans are upset they might you mean Gerard Delefeo he's done things that you know are probably above Watford's level but you know, with the pressure of a crowd, it's it might he might not be able to pull them off as often as he might be able to. I think to be to be that's, to be fair to Delafeu, he is one that's always sort of thrived off of a good atmosphere. Players like I think like Pereira is a better example of someone that yeah, when okay, he's flying, yeah, Pereira, he's flying. Yeah, yeah, but when yeah. the crowd are on his back, you know, there's been lots of sixty-minute substitutions. So I do agree there are those kind of quality players that haven't really necessarily thrived off of the the crowds I, that they've been. And given. I can think. I can think of one team in particular that I think will benefit 
um, from not playing behind closed doors, from playing behind closed doors. Sorry, and that's West Ham. Yeah, because I had the their, same team in my head. Their, their stadium is it's a bit of a hotbed, like since they moved to London, the London Stadium, and and they have got quality players. Like Yarmolenko is a quality player, and um, you got Felipe Anderson, Alaire. Yeah, yeah, and uh, without that pressure of the crowd um, that West Ham seem to have at the moment. Um, I think that they might get themselves out of trouble quite easily. Fee, just just on on Liverpool. I mean, it's interesting. The first first game back is a Merseyside derby, and that sort of let me thinking about the crowd because it's at Goodison. You think anything could happen there? Normal circumstances. It's one of the best crowds in the league. But I honestly, I think Liverpool should go there and smash them if there's no crowd, no atmosphere. But do you think Liverpool will find it hard to to win games because it's it's it is done and done and dusted that they're going to win the league? It's just a matter of when. But do you think, because they've lost their momentum totally, do you think it'll be hard to pick that up? Or do you think Klopp will have them firing right straight away? Well, I think it's probably going to be one of the most interesting, you know, objectively interesting case studies as to behind closed doors. Because I would say Liverpool, you know, it is quite blood and thunder their game. Um, But then they also develop their game this season especially away from home, to be very pragmatic and to, um, you know, use the quality that they have as well as the energy. So they managed to become a team that can benefit off a, a good atmosphere, but also be able to play under the pressure of an atmosphere that's against them. Um, what Liverpool might suffer from is complacency, Mm. Um, after they they potentially win the league and like I say if they come up I think I'm looking at the game obviously Man City away and you know I think if the crowd was there I don't know why but I just think Liverpool will play would play better in that game even though the crowd is for Man City I just think Liverpool would rise to the occasion I do think City probably have more quality in their squad in terms of individual players so then you go in there and to play behind closed doors, are they going to just out-football Liverpool? Um, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, overall, I, th- I think Liverpool will probably, I think they'll do kind of like average in com- compared to the rest of their season. Like I think that Liverpool will probably end up with something like nine, 95 points maybe. I think, so you I think they'll lose? They'll lose a couple of games. Yeah, I, I can see Liverpool losing a couple of games. Yeah, for for various reasons. One, it'll probably you know league will probably have been won. Two, you know they might not benefit from the crowd in certain times than they would have before. And three, once the league is potentially won, probably won, um, we might not play you know our, our best eleven. Klopp might decide to give players like Harvey Elliott and that a go, um, and they might not win against you know quality teams that are in the Premier League. I think the other interesting point to make about Liverpool is that it, I think on record there's a lot of times where disappointing results, the one that springs to my mind is when they lost 3-0 against Red Star Belgrade um, but it's been other sort of draws they should have won and, and uh, games they've lost after a string of, of good results have come off the back of long winter break. I think the, the Watford result was just after the winter break um, and the Red Star Belgrade result was just after an international break or just after a, a, a long break from football. And it, there have been people that have said that Klopp's style of football is so intense that it requires a high level of repetition and rhythm and athleticism. So I think that I don't think Liverpool will necessarily struggle with the lack of atmosphere because I think they're a really good squad like technically. I don't think they necessarily need themselves to get G'd up. They're lucky that they have that at Anfield as well. But I think the thing they will struggle with is are they going to be at the peak physical fitness that we've seen from them throughout? And that I mean, saying this, I think they thrashed a team 6-0 at home the other day in the, in the warm-ups. So in all likelihood, they'll probably just come out and be the exact same ruthless team that we've seen already this season. But yeah, that for me, I'm looking forward to seeing whether they can maintain that intensity they've had so far throughout the season. This might come as a surprise, but I have to say I disagree, I disagree with Ben there. I think if there's one thing that, be, that I'm certain, we're back. If there's one thing I'm certain of, it will be that Liverpool will ha- will be up, their energy will be there. Like, that's the one thing I'm certain of. Yeah, I think it's more I than just, just, just energy just though. It's, it's the have, rhythm, have, like the, the the style of pressing and knowing where your team are, and it's almost 
the cohesion that comes with repetition through that system. It has been noted that throughout Klopp's tenure as a coach, the drops in form have often followed long breaks in football. So it will be interesting to see whether this will be the same or whether they can get themselves back into a rhythm early on both in these warm-up games and then at the start of the season. That was my only point. It was less about the fitness and more about the yeah, the rhythm that it seems that they they have required in the past. It'll be interesting to see, yeah. I, obviously, with the race for the top four that I alluded to earlier, with Sheffield United, Wolves, Man United, um, Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs all in the mix, how do you two see that going? Well, Luke's probably <sighs> a lot more comfortable than I am at the moment. I, I, yeah, I'm slightly I'm slightly biased and slightly buoyed because Chelsea won seven one in a in a friendly like a couple of days yeah, ago. Against um yeah. But you know, you got Tottenham losing to Norwich, you know, Man United lost to whoever they lost to. Arsenal All over the shop. Arsenal lost to Brentford. Brentford even, not Charlton. We beat Charlton. I, I, what I will say from that Chelsea result is Ruben Loftus cheek, the most attractive yeah. man in football, is back, which that mm. could be huge for you. Yeah, it, de- it definitely could be. Billy Gilmore got a brace as well. He's not known for goal scoring, but I'm happy to see him getting reps. He's fantastic. I think for you, you not you wouldn't include Leicester in the fight. No, I think that I think they're home and dry. I think. Oh, you never home, home and dry in football. I mean, there's nine games to go. There. They've got good fixtures as well. I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. what what that means now we don't know. But yeah. based on the rest of the season, they they've got decent fixtures as well Leicester surely have got to to be honest I think Leicester have got a really good squad let's go based on the hypothetical that City get expelled from the Champions League fingers crossed so you need to to go down to fifth I think for me it's hard it's it's hard to look past Wolves as getting that fifth spot I feel I don't know what's interesting for for me now with, with the situation is that every team has got all their best players back. Look at Man United, yeah. and suddenly I do. I I do worry of, about Man United. They've got James. Um, sorry, they've got, if you look at that, they've got Pogba, Fernandez, and then James, Martial, and Rashford. You presume? Yeah, I think and Greenwood. I think Greenwood. Greenwood's more likely to play than than James. Okay, well, you know he's a good player way. as well. And then yeah. you look at and then you look at Spurs, and I know they're quite. They're, they're probably the outsiders, but they've now got Kane and Son back. And I mean, they're they're a different team with Kane and Son. Mourinho is going to have been working very hard with that squad to try and get them Mourinho'd up, so to speak. <laughs> you know, we they've got a shot. They've on. got a shot. Arsenal, to be honest, they didn't have any injuries before the the, the break, and Arsenal have. Well, really but Pab- Pablo Mari's Pablo Mari's going to be there, and he's he's exactly what they need. Yeah, I I think out of all the teams, I I do think Arsenal are my least favourites. Um, because I don't. They see do have the least amount of points as well. Yeah, I don't see what's different between before the lockdown and after. Whereas other teams, I think there's going to be a big difference in terms of players coming back, and that's why I sort of said that on the back of Wolves as well because they didn't really have any injuries before the lockdown. So, are they going to be affected by the fact that other teams are? You know, you you would think have got better um, since the the break. Yeah, my only I I haven't thought much about it because it's um, yeah there've been there's been so much going on that I haven't really had time to make predictions like this. But when I look at it, I think that I reckon that Chelsea are pretty nailed on at this point as a Leicester. So if City aren't if they're going to get expelled, then we are looking at. It's going to be between yeah United, or Sheffield and Man United, um, Spurs, Arsenal, Wolves. I think yeah, like Luke says, Wolves probably the strongest in terms of how they played before all of this, along with Sheffield United. But I think a lot of people have slept on Man United all season, and I think that I, it it all varies on how teams are going to do with a, with less pressure on them. Um, I don't know that teams like Sheffield United and Wolves will profit from playing behind closed doors, whereas I think that Man United and Arsenal and, and Spurs might profit from it because, as yeah, if you've ever been in an Arsenal stand, when things aren't going great, they don't exactly buoy up their team and try and motivate them. It's pretty much, let's get on their backs. Um, the only thing I would say I about Arsenal some, is... Like, I've got some breaking news for the pod. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> um, the Newcastle deal might be affected... 
um, as uh, WTO rules, Saudi Arabia broke trade rules. Get um, in. Which is interesting. Great uh, result. Ca- carry on, Ben. Uh, <laughs> How do you recover you know, from <laughs> Saudi Arabia breaking trade rules? <laughs> um, yeah, my only thought is that Arsenal, they've had a bit more time to bed in with, with whatever Mikel Arteta wants them to play as. But let's be honest, th- I mean, they're not they're not going to pick up the points they need. Like, even if we had a defence that knew how to play together and a fully fit squad, it's good to have players like Kieran Tierney back. I don't know if he'll start, though, because Saka was so impressive when he came in. I Yeah, I just felt... I, I struggled to look at it and think that it, enough it is has only changed. Five, it is only five points with a game in hand. I know that game in hand's against Man City. Yeah, so it's five let's, points let's with no game say, in hand. Let's just say, for argument's sake, Arsenal pull off a shock on Wednesday. I mean, we, you'd be on 43, you'd be two points off fifth. We're safe, we're not getting relegated, that's good. 43 points would be quite nice. You are in it. I mean, like I say, you're, you're my least favourites, but you are in it. Yeah, um, we, I, we are just about in it by the skin of our teeth. I just, I, I think I have to agree with all of you. Like, whilst it would be nice to, to live in a, a fantasy world where I think the players have bedded in with a new system and they've got used to the new manager and we're going to come back and blow the league away. We've got a one-to-way striker. We've got no real captain in the squad and our defence is the same as it was before, which is ill-disciplined and, and doesn't know how to play together. And those things don't really get gel together to make me think that we're going to make a late push for Champions League football. And I don't think we deserve Champions League football. To be honest, I don't even know if we deserve Europa League football. I think mm. Mikel Arteta yeah. is here to have some time to work out what he wants to do and then next season will be when we see whether or not he's the right man for the job but yeah and, and looking at that table the Spurs Man United game is apps I think that's huge it, I mean it, it mm. kind of goes without saying but when you think that Spurs could go to 44 one point behind United who are currently in fifth or United could go to 48 and obviously that would that would take them further away from a team like Spurs and put them in a really good position and then also give them a huge... I mean, Man United, with confidence, under Solskjaer, have proven before that they can go on a long run of winning. So... I think United are my favourites. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I'm sort of changing my mind thinking about it. Um, (laughs) Fickle as I am. I think, think honestly, as... I think as weird as it is, my fa- my favourites would go in order of the table. I probably would agree with you. Maybe. In that, I think yeah, yeah, yeah United, United Wolves. Just I got Sheffield United have been really good all season, and mm, yeah, they have. They have got, been really good. They they are the most solid team. I would argue they would be the hardest hit by injuries, which we have seen have been prolific as teams come back to high intensity football after a long break in 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 the german league so i uh, you have to think about those things i think that as well what i've learned from watching the bundesliga is that shock results aren't really happening at the moment like you're getting a few draws that you would have thought were wins but to be honest the table stayed pretty much the same shock Bayern won the league again um if anything i think we're gonna get less exciting end to the season and that's my only thought like based on other leagues that have come back already I think I mean it's hard for me to pick a favourite because like I said if United were to lose to Spurs they would no longer be my favourite I think that that would hit them hard with the way that I've obviously yeah, their fans are getting really excited about their their squad their 11 that they, they could potentially put out and rightly so because it's an exciting 11 but if they were to then lose to a rival first game back I think that would be difficult to take, and then and then you're looking at other teams potentially being in a better position. So yeah, it's difficult to say. It's, it's going to be tight. It's going to be. This is what I mean, boys. It's going to be exciting. So I can't wait for Sheffield United v Villa. That actually is a really big game. And when you, like, I haven't thought about it. But when you think in the in the context of promo, uh, uh, relegation and Champions League football, that is those are two teams that that is a very important result for. So oh, I, yeah, I'm getting a little bit excited now as well. Elsewhere, away from the football, uh, but still related, how in love are we all with Marcus Rashford right now? Yeah, he's doing bits. It's, 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 it's sort of sad, in a way, that he's a week older than me. Um, <laughs> he's younger than me. Oh, no, he's, yeah, he's, he's older than both of us. Thank Christ. Yeah. 
and he's he's doing bits. And to be honest, yeah, I mean, I take my hat off to him. Fair play. He just set out. He, he, like, I think the thing that I keep getting reminded of is how driven he is, both like as a player and what he does off the pitch. Like his charity has done so much, and now he's got this result of I think it's 120 million pounds are being dedicated to make sure that uh, children have free school meals throughout the summer holidays, so that lots of lower income families and single parent households will be able to to feed their kids through the summer which has been huge throughout this pandemic already but it's going to continue throughout the summer holidays which has never happened before and it does go to show what you can, I know that there was the whole thing of Matt Hancock saying that players should be pulling their weight and, and helping out where they can and Rashford uh, sort of threw it back in his face and was like go on mate I've done my bit now you do yours and it's a great example of someone using their platform in a really really positive way I'm a huge fan of it Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, this this is what you know. This country needs to do. There's 1.3 million children should not be going hungry in the sixth richest country in the world, and I, I agree with Luke. It's sad that it has to take a 22 year old footballer to make it happen, but at the same time. If you are a 22-year-old footballer and you decide to do something like this, you should be hailed rightly as a hero, and that's what we've got to do. I mean, if I was... I, I am a Liverpool fan. If I stood on the cop, I'd, I'd be tempted to do a little chant for Marcus Rashford with what he's done. It's absolutely fantastic, and I, I'm really happy that it's obviously going ahead and kids won't be hungry anymore. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, and we got to hope that those Spurs fans give him a bit of a chant on uh, on the return. I think like, I think he deserves it. I it, it would be one of those moments where you get away fans cheering for for uh, or, or home fans cheering for an away player. I think there's, there's, but there won't be any fans, Ben. Oh, see, <laughs> we'll leave that in. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> This is something we should have all got very good at over lockdown. I myself have um, have gone to the, the depths of quizzing um, with some of the rounds I've been involved with. This one's a bit more close to home. It's a football one. I believe Luke is behind it. Yes, I am. It's a. It's, we're going back to to earlier in the season. It's a. It's a who am I uh, sort of style. Um, like I'll give you some clues about a player. You have to tell me who the player is. It's pretty simple. There are there are five, um, so I don't really know how this is going to work. We'll just do it anyway. <laughs> okay. Four and a tiebreaker. Um, who wants to go first? Fee, I, I, as a gentleman, I'll let you go first. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Felix Parkin. Yeah. So the first player, I came through at the famed Ajax Academy. Mm. I have over a hundred caps for my country. Mm. I have. An iconic Superman celebration. Oh, I know it. I was named in the How have you not got PFA this PFA team of the season in my debut Premier League season oh. in 2012-13. Okay. And I have had the same centre back partner at two clubs and at national level. Okay. Well, that is Who is it, Chief? Um I don't really know. <laughs> I want to steal. Um, centre back with a Superman celebration. These are all current players, by the way. All cur- all still playing. I'm buzzing. Fee, I'm gonna have to push you. Yeah, Dead air is not good. Dead air is not good entertainment. <laughs> don't, know. don't know. Give it Ben. Don't know Ben. Super Jan Vertonghen. It is Super Yan oh, Vertonghen. Oh. No, I didn't know that he had a Superman celebration. Super Yan, Superman. It's been so long since he scored. He scored a great goal against, uh, was it Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League last year? Yeah, volley, wasn't it? Mm. What mm. a player. Right, Ben. Yes. Here we go. I am renowned for my two-footedness. No, I'm not describing myself. <laughs> um <laughs> I have won the World Cup and the Euros. I became the first player to score in six different club competitions in a single season in 0-9-10. I have only played for clubs that have blue on their home kit. Wow. 
and I have been managed. I have been managed by both Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho. So he's yeah okay. Could we quick fire go through the list again to buy me some time? Oh what? Yeah. No. What? No, yes. Not. Def- oh, what? Okay. Okay. No. Felix right, no, didn't no, get no, a, a reread. Well, okay. Uh, so, right. Okay. Um, I am renowned for my two-footedness. Won the World Cup and the Euros. Six different club competitions in a season. Only played for clubs that have blue on the home kit and been managed by Pep and Jose. So I'm going to assume that it's a Spanish player. That is. Is it a pre- is it a Premier League player? Well, I'm not going to give no, you that as a clue, oh, Ben. Yeah. But I just I just they're all, if all the, of they're the all current they're all current players. All current players, but not necessarily Premier League players. Well, this is. I'm trying to think of both footed players. The only one that comes to mind is Santiago okay. Pizzola, but that's. I feel like I think I need I'm going to push, I'm have to give it up. I'm need to, have to push you, Ben. Okay, Felix. I believe it is Pedro. It is Pedro Rodriguez. Two steals to start the quiz. I love to see it. Incredible stuff. Okay, uh, Felix. He has. He has. Uh, Felix. I have played for nine different yeah, clubs yeah. in my career. I didn't hear any of them, honestly. That was it. That was the only one. <laughs> my most. What are you laughing at? Just this. I missed this. <laughs> okay. Right. Felix, I'm gonna start again. Ooh. Ben, cut all of cut all of that. <laughs> Make a note. <laughs> cut this sh- straight out. Oh, love it. Right, Fee, oh, you ready? He's gone. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> so it was his internet. Genius. It was definitely his internet. Right, Felix. Yeah. I have played for nine different clubs in my career. My most successful goal scoring season came at the age of thirty three. I have a pu- I am a Puskas Award winner for a goal that I scored for my country. I have famously never won the Champions League, and Lequipe described me as the most arrogant footballer of all time. <laughs> Does Ben know it? Any? I've got an inkling. Is it Zlatan Ibrahimovic? It is Zlatan yeah, Ibrahimovic. My guess Go on, too. Love to see it. Felix takes a two-one lead. Ben Ooh, need this one. Yes. Okay. I am. I currently captain my club and have captained my country, although I'm no longer in that role. I was part of AC Milan's last title win in 2011. I have a UK grime song named after me. <laughs> I know the answer. Can I, can I buzz in early? <laughs> yeah. It's Thiago Silva. Oh, I know the answer. As it well. is Thiago Silva. Let's go. Of course it is. Course, it See, is. I, you won't believe me, but I thought it was Thiago Silva from the first clue. I did as well. Really? Fair. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, right, tiebreaker. So just buzz, buzz in whenever you like. But buzz. I feel like the rule is if you buzz in and you get it wrong, then the other person can guess. I began my career as a winger, but have since transitioned into an attacking midfielder. I am the youngest person to reach 200 Premier League wins. I have the fourth most goals and the second most assists for my country. I am renowned for my vision, silky feet and sublime first touch. I have spent a season or part of a season mysteriously bald, but now boast a full head of hair. Buzz. Felix. I definitely, that was me. I think Ben Ben was definitely... Ben, ben was definitely Felix. first. Yeah, but I... I ben, ben, ben said no, Buzz. I said I said a mile. No, I said... No, no, no mate. The tape will prove you wrong. Like, like, literally, at least 10 seconds before he said... I, I, I okay, okay, I okay, okay. Buzz, okay, fine, okay. Do you know what, you know what I'm going to do? Because fine. I, there I, is... No, no, no. No, no, Felix, Felix, listen, hear me out. Felix, hear me out. It's David Silva. No, 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 no. Okay. But Felix, did you know that as well, V? Yeah. You knew that it was good. Okay. Yes. I feel like it was See, obvious from the last I just clue. said yes, and, that, and you didn't hear me. Yeah. Well, well your lucky, internet, mate. your internet is shoddy. Oh, tough. Felix, Felix, one, do you want Felix? Felix, do you want some? <laughs> do, you, do you want a chance of redemption? <laughs> there is. Um, well, yeah. If my internet, the, if my internet holds up, I can't. You keep cutting okay. me out. 
There is a there is an overall theme of all the players that you've guessed. Can you tell me what the theme is? So I'll remind you of the players. It's Jan Vertonghen, uh, Pedro, Zlatan, Thiago Silva, and yes. David Silva. I know what they are. What's the I theme? I know what it is. What's the theme? They're all available on a free track oh. at the end of the season. He's bang on. Got it in one. Got it in one. Banging. Again. I cut out again. Oh, did I get it? <laughs> you did. You did get it, mate. Yes. You did. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Well done, mate. Well done. We'll call it a draw. Right, I think we, uh, we've we all recovered from that. I think that was as shambolic as I was hoping it would be, like a nice bit of chaos that Felix so often delivers. Um, and so I'll just hand over to you, mate, because this was your idea, our famous 11s, um, and you've come up with the, with the theme for this one. So I'll hand over to you if your internet allows. Yes, hopefully my internet will hold up. Um, so the 11 that we're doing today is based on the fact that every game is, is going to be like an away game now um, because they're behind closed doors. So I thought, why don't we pick an 11 that we would most want to play if, let's say, we were going into a Champions League semi-final, second leg, away from home, defending a 1-0 lead, as Chelsea so famously did in the new Camp against Barcelona. Um, so yeah, we'll pick kind of our park-the-bus I suppose Mourinho-style 11s. Um, very loose connection, but nevertheless, lots of fun. Shall we begin, boys? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, why don't you mm-hmm. get us started with goalkeeper? Probably the least interesting position of this 11. Yeah, but... my goal, my goalkeeper. Um, I think I've got to go with, you know, Mr. Solid amongst the Mourinho era at Chelsea. Petr Cech. Because, do you know what? I also bank on him wasting quite a lot of time. I feel like he does do that. So, I'm going to go with him. Luke? Okay, this is interesting. Uh, my team is entirely based on mentality uh, and very little based on actual football ability. Nice. And I'll explain I'll explain my choices as we go through. Obviously, it's 4-4-2. Obviously. Defensive, defensively sound. In goal, obviously, Joe Hart. <laughs> the man for a big occasion. <laughs> He loves it. He thrives. <laughs> he thrives on an atmosphere. Do you know what? I thought of Joe Hart. I did think of Joe Hart. Is it because of the famous um, World Cup situation? Of course it is. Of course, of course it is. He's a leader. He's a leader yeah. on the pitch. Oh okay, and I, I back. I back his mentality. Not so much his goalkeeping ability, but just the mentality to be there. Yeah, I, I recently rewatched the uh, the Wales game, and um, as he that goal, it, yeah, as he palms it into his own net, I sort of watched it in real time. And was like, oh, maybe it wasn't as bad. Yeah, it's right in the corner. It's a tough. It's not. It, the replays do not make that man look good. Mm. That ended his career. That and the Iceland yeah. game. Anyway, we're not talking about Joe Hart. Great selection, though. Big fan of that. Um, I've gone for Tim Howard. Uh, I just always saw him as a great shot stopper, the kind of person that if oh, someone yeah. does get through yeah, your two banks of, of four you want someone that's going to stop that eventual shot i think he holds the record for most saves in a world cup match always been a big fan of him big mentality as well so we've gone for tim howard i'm changing mine i've just re- i've just thought of something and it's it's on the back of what connor luke said uh, i'm going for a, a man called roy carroll <laughs> oh yeah <is laughs> yes man united goalkeeper who famously clawed pedro mendez's goal off the line and proceeded to just carry on as if nothing happened. It was the greatest bit of acting I've ever seen on a football pitch. So, uh, yeah, uh, Petacek, you're gone, mate. Despite all your clean sheets, I'm having Roy Carroll. Champion mentality. Um, Luke, keep us rolling with your defence, mate. Now, defence. The defence features uh, one of my two players that are not English um, in the team. <laughs> Just because I think yeah, there's the mentality aspect there. Um, I've gone for Kyle Walker on the right flank. Mm. I just feel like explosive pace, counter-attacks. Mm. I think that's that's probably what you're going to need away from home. Smart. Now, centre-backs, mm. they've got to be aerially dominant to fend off yeah, but any... Yeah, not be out you know... of position, you know? No, 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 because you can't be out of position if we're not attacking. So smart. I think he was so still he's talking just, about Kyle Walker. Yeah. The internet is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is fascinating. No, no, I, I thought he was talking about it. But because we're not attacking, Kyle Walker can't be out of position. Ipso facto. Smart. Centre-backs, aerially dominant. And leaders. Lewis Dunk, Gary Cahill, you know obviously. I why my internet's so bad. Feel why? Feel free to enlighten us. 
Oh yeah. Oh, that's saucy. What have you done? Oh, the internet's so bad because um, my sister is currently FaceTiming her boyfriend who lives in Qatar. What a s***. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Nick, your defence. Like Centre-backs, aerially dominant and leaders. Naturally, Lewis Dunk, Gary Cahill. <laughs> Old school. Although both of them, I think, can ping a ball over the top to my strikers, which will become apparent as we move on. Right. Now, left-back, I've not, I've not gone for the... It's not, it's not symmetrical. So we've gone for Eric Peters, no nonsense fullback. Like it. Again, aerially dominant. Crosses, no, we're just gonna be heading them out. It's gonna be easy. Smart. I Done. like it. I like it a lot. I, I I'll I'll um I'll keep I I'll I, I I've got some from from the past, some from present. Um I'll start with my right back, Aspilaqueta. I think it's good to have some versatility. Um it'll become apparent that my four four two can change uh as we go further through it. Um and then I've gone for Robert Hooth because toughest to ever play in the Premier League and he is, yeah, he's going to stick his face in front of a ball if it means he's going to stop a goal. Um, I've gone for Tyrone Mings as his partner just because I think that if something does go wrong, um, you want a bit of athleticism to get you out of trouble and he's the only person in this back four that I genuinely think could run um, and keep up with anyone. Uh, and then at left back, I've gone for Fuchs. Again, versatility and a proper defensive left-sided player. Um, maybe a bit past it now, but in his prime, or oh, I trust him in my life. Set pieces as well. I like your style. Yeah, smart. I want, I want aerial threat, I, I want it. physicality, and I want good, sound defensive ability. Yeah, my, mine's a bit, um, mine's a bit past and present, and is also similar to Luke's theme. Um, so at right back, I've got the the biggest <laughs> house right back there has ever been, Gary Neville. Um, <laughs> Delicious. I just, I just wanted him to waste as much time as possible doing whatever he needs to do on that right hand so if there's a throw in on the right hand side i want him to be taking at least 15 15 to 30 seconds to, to throw that ball in yeah give um, one of his teammates time. a snob then, while he's doing it um yeah something like that um center backs i've gone um i have gone the manja vidic smart um just because he, he just headed everything didn't he you know like what what a man um, and then alongside him, I've gone for the tallest defender I could think of, which is um, a man who currently plays for Brighton, but made his name playing for Yeovil Town in their promotion to the championship in 2012-13. Um, a man called Dan Byrne, who is, yeah. he's literally six foot eight. And, you know, the tallest man you could possibly want playing centre-back, in my opinion. And then I've gone for the for the infamous on the pod, uh, defensively minded <laughs> Wayne Bridge. <laughs> Come on, Wayne! This is when I want you away Brilliant. Champions League semi final. Get Mr. Wayne Bridge in there. <laughs> I have to say, I thought about Wayne Bridge, and I also thought about Danny Mills. I just thought like proper English fullbacks that don't even <laughs> think about Mills. running forward. <laughs> Yeah, that was my. I just don't want them to be out of position. You know, I can't have a Coleman Pinar situation um, <laughs> down, down one of my, my flanks away away to Barcelona in the new camp. So you true. Just get exposed. Do you want to yeah. keep us ben, running with your mid? Ben, oh, I, no, I reckon Ben, you go midfield. Yeah, I say, I, like I said, I wanted a bit of versatility. So on the left hand side, I've gone for Matt Ritchie because I think he's just as good. Uh, a wing back as he is a left mid and I think if we needed to transition to a five back in a moment's notice you know you've got Aspie and Fuchs can both play in a full back wing back position or at centre back so Richie could drop back happily do that job um, and then I wanted no nonsense English someone can get in the face of the referee buy us some time so obviously Mark Noble sits in there does the job and he's not bad with the ball at his feet either could snatch us some kind of long distance goal um, and if we do get a penalty you know he's going to be well on taking it although he might have to discuss with someone a bit further up the pitch we'll get onto that a little bit later um, beside him in the midfield um, maybe a little bit out of position for him but I think that I, he, you know, he's happy as a centre mid as he is anywhere else on the pitch Rory Delap because um, you need someone <laughs> you need someone lobbing the ball in uh, when you do get a throw in and you want to be just Rory. as dangerous you want to be just as dangerous from a throw in as you do want to be from a free kick or a, or a corner and then finally again someone that can maybe this is you're someone that can push on a bit forward if we do have to change formation. I've gone for Gerard Delafeu just because I think that you want someone in the team. As much as you want everyone to be defensively minded, you need someone with a creative flair that can make something out of nothing on the counter. And I think Delafeu is just as comfortable 
pushing on as he is collecting the ball up the top if we do have to change formation. So Delefeu is my right mid. I think that's a solid and creative midfield. I, I thought, um, I, I've got a 4-5-1, and I thought on the wings, um, to par- partner like who my striker will be, I need like literal raw pace. So I thought of the the two kind of players that stick in my mind for raw pace and I don't know why are Theo Walcott and Gibral Cisse. Gibral Cisse Amazing. Yeah. I just he was rapid. Like he was so quick. He was rubbish when he got there, but he was so quick. Oh, it wasn't the name um, I was so expecting, yeah, but I'm so Gibral glad you said it. He's on the left. Uh, and then and then I thought in the centre mid, okay, I thought, similar to you, Ben, Rory Delap is in there for the long throws. Um, and then I thought of the two players that I've seen waste more time than any other players in the history of Premier League. So I've got a solid, defensively-minded partnership of Ander Herrera and Lucas Lever. <laughs> nice. I can see the clear theme of Felix's team is to be as awful and sh- house as possible <laughs> yeah basically i love it i right. absolutely love Bosh. to see it but, but, but give us your midfield boy okay um okay so it's four four two. now wingers i wanted some actual talent in the team but equally players that can do a job defend track back and most importantly i want them to wind people up and get the crowd going so i've gone for jack Grealish and richarlison in that aspect <laughs> So I just think they'll both they'll both put in the nitty gritty fouls, but they can do something, and that's, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, then in the middle we've got our first overlap, I believe, because I've also got Mark Noble. How could you not? For exactly the same reasons. Sweet. Uh, and partnering him will be probably the most English midfielder of our generation, Jack Cork. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think I don't know why I went to Jack Cork. But I didn't. I didn't I f- I fi- hear the name. It's Jack Cork, mate. I don't know why Jack I. Cork. My instinct was for Jack Cork, but I stand by oh, it. I just no, think he would do a job. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Cork and Noble. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a crime-fighting duo, doesn't it? Cork and Noble. <laughs> it does. I wasn't. I knew this eleven was going to bring up some quality, but I wasn't expecting Gibril Cisse and Jack Cork. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, ben, I think you're the weird one. If your mind does not instantly fall to Gibral Cisse when you're thinking of <laughs> who shall I have on my wing, I don't know what's wrong with you. Oh, no, it's, yeah, clearly it's me that's in the wrong. Who've we got a front, boys? <laughs> <laughs> I can, well, I I can go. Strikers, my, my, my most sensible pick. Yeah, Luke, give, give us go. what you got. Yeah, go on. Yeah, all right. Okay, so. I talked about Lewis Duncan, Gary Cahill, pinging balls over the top, right? Obviously, you're going to need some pace up front. But again, I want a wind-up merchant. Uh, One man springs to mind, of course, is Jamie Vardy. Nice. Uh, And then alongside him, I've gone for a classic classic English little and large combination. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I've got Troy, big cojones, Deeney. (laughs) Do you know what's the best thing about Deeney as well? Is that he's not a giant. I think it's just above six foot. But his personality... He's just got... He's got weight. Three defenders. Mass, mate. He's got mass. He's huge. Do you know what? I just think they would complement each other so well. What upsets me a little bit is that in three, maybe two years, Luke Luke could actually, that team could exist. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I I could see a mid-table Premier League side, you know, having that squad. Having that team to put out, which would be a sad day for all of us, I think. I think all it would take is a few tactical relegations and a few star players making some moves, and we have that team. I mean, Sean Dyche is eyeing, he's eyeing that up, really. <laughs> oh, I, it goes That's without his, saying. He just named his dream team. When he picks his fantasy Premier League team, that's who he picks. <laughs> what would Dyche's FBL team be called? Big Sean. Big Sean. Big Sean. <laughs> Let answer the postcard. What would Sean Dice's FBL team be? Right. Sean DePaul. <laughs> Fee, who have you got up front? 
Yeah, I think mine's. I think my striker is my most sensible pick. He's a he's a big game player. He he's been there, done it before in these games. He always scores. He can hold it up. He can play in Gibral Cisse to miss an open goal. It's <laughs> it's Didier Drogba. <laughs> He's yeah, the man. I love it. There's no I love one it. There is no one else. When I think of Champions League semi-final away, one 0 down, I think of Didier. He is too good to be in a team with Gibrasi. So beautiful. I I I I did I I, I toyed with the idea of Dini because I thought he is exactly who you want to hold the game up. Um, but in the end, I went with a tried and tested combo because. Much like you said, you want someone getting on the end of, of balls over the top from the defenders. You can't have Rory Delap long throw in without Peter Crouch in the box. Yeah, so I've gone yeah, yeah. simple stuff <laughs> Crouch and Defoe, little and large, pace, hold up play, ability. You're, you're going to win games with those two up front. It's, it's been tried and tested throughout the years. Signed, sealed, delivered. That's my team. We're, we're staying up 100%. Red, red Napper's manager? Oh, yeah. therefore? Yes. Uh, yeah. Red Napple, Big Sam. You have the choice. The good thing about good thing about Crouch is he's got a, he's got a good touch for a big man. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time to end the podcast. Um, let us know what your 11s would be. We're always keen to find out. Let us know what Sean Deitch's FPL name would be. We will be back probably at some point in the next uh, few weeks with football being back. I'm just as excited as you are. Um, but I will leave it there and we'll see you when we see you. Uh, this is Ben Henning Washford signing off with the lovely Luke Bosher. Thank you very much. And Felix Parkin, if his internet allows. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. <Thank> you, <laughs> we'll see you later.